As it is, you do not belong to this world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. John 15, 20. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute, persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me, or whoever hates me, hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen. And yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. All this I have told you, so that you will not fall away. Jesus very clearly tells us what John 14, 15, and 16, and really what John 17, which we'll get into next week, is all about. His purpose statement is this. All I have said this, I, I have said all of this to you so that you will not fall away. In verse 16, 1. So that we will not fall away. This was uh, an encouraging word to me this week as I uh, considered 2020 as a whole. It's pretty easy uh, right now to feel like quitting. Uh, from a leader's perspective, I want to tell you that, uh, as you can imagine, it is difficult to uh, make plans and make decisions. And it's difficult to not get discouraged and not feel like, uh, you know, how do you make plans when everything seems to go awry? And so there are moments where you just sort of feel like hibernating, taking a really long 2020 nap and uh, just feeling like there's such discouragement and difficult uh, times right now that it would be a lot easier just to sort of hide away and not have to do very much. But aside from that, it can be difficult to operate with your convictions and your values. It seems like even those things are starting to be questioned and difficult. When everything gets tossed upside down and turned around, it's hard to know the right way forward. And I can imagine, and I've been in a conversation with a lot of our church family right now, and there's so many of you who are having a hard and difficult time where you're wondering, um, wondering a lot of things. Hey, Jordan, when are we coming back together? Uh, hey, Jordan, uh, do you have an encouragement for me? Because I'm, I'm feeling kind of discouraged. Uh, there are people who, are, who share that same sort of sentiment of just saying, you know, I'm, I'm done, I just, I just want to hide, and, and tell me when it's all over. And so I think that Jesus has an encouraging word for us this morning for all of us who feel like uh, we're ready for this sort of season of doubt and discouragement and plans being upended, uh, that God has an encouraging word for Christians. 
And Jesus was speaking to his disciples. And his encouragement to them was to say to them that uh, their version of 2020 was about to happen. That their version of difficulty and, and pressure and the world turning against them, that this was about to be a very real thing that happens to them. Jesus will explain in John 16 that the world has hated Jesus and they hated the Father and they're also going to hate them for following him. And that the world is going to reject them, the world is going to persecute them, it's going to turn from them. And Jesus, what he says to them is, guys, I'm leaving. And that's really not what you want to hear in the midst of trial and difficulty. When someone says, hey, there's problems coming, the word of encouragement is not, well, guys, I'll see you later. But that's just what Jesus says. He says, I am going to leave. He explains this in, in John 14, but he says, I'm going to send someone to be with you, that you're not going to be alone. And so Jesus says, I've said all of these things to you so you won't be discouraged, you won't fall away. That you won't fall away. And what he is saying to them throughout John 15 is saying, remain in me, abide in me. Things are going to change. Things are going to be upended. You're going to be uncertain as to what's going on. It's going to be incredibly difficult for you. But my encouragement to you is this. Remain in me. Abide in me. Stay faithful. Stay true. Don't give up. Don't fall away. And it's with that encouragement I want to invite you to pray with me. And let's turn our hearts to God. Heavenly Father, we want to remain and abide. It's difficult in this moment for us to keep our focus and our attention on you. When so many things are turning upside down and, and there are so many discouraging things happening around us, help us to know very clearly that you are with us, that you love us, that you have sent your spirit with us, that we may remain in you and abide in you. And so we pray as a church, we pray as individuals and together that you would make it very clear that we are not alone, and that you are with us. And make it very plainly clear to us this morning how we might abide in you and remain in you and stay faithful to you even in the midst of difficulty and hardship. Lord, though we are apart from gathering together we know that we are not separated from you. That we are with you and that you care for us. And so give us an encouragement this morning from your word, from your gospel, from the good news. Give us this encouragement today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. And so this morning, if, if you're feeling lonely, if you are feeling ostracized from the world, if you feel like you are suffering, if you feel like you don't have friends or you don't have a place in this world, if you feel like you can't go one more week, one more day, one more hour of bad news, of divisiveness and brokenness, then today's encouragement is for you today from the Gospel of John. 
And John's message, this message that Jesus preached and shared with his disciples, is a message that though Jesus is departing, he is telling us we are in this together. That we are friends of God. That we know what, what God wants. And we don't enter into life with him as though we are enemies. We don't enter in as strangers. We enter into this relationship with God as though we are friends with Jesus. It's important to us to know that in our relationship and the way that we connect, the way we connect with Jesus is, is that he is sharing with us all that the Father has shared with him. That he is bringing the disciples in and he's saying, you guys are, you guys are no longer servants in this. You guys are friends. And we share an intimacy together, we share a friendship together to where you know what I know. And there's this openness that I think Jesus wants to extend to all people who would decide to be followers and disciples of Jesus. Jesus challenges us to love one another. He challenges us to love our Father in heaven. He encourages us to draw near to Him, that if we are going to live a life that abides in Christ, that remains in Him, we will know the, the identity of our relationship is that we are God's friends. And we would know the expectation that abiding in Christ is to be friends of God, but also to know the will of God and carry it out. And the will of God is to love God and to love others. He gives us these new commands and he encourages the disciples that abiding means to be a friend, to know your identity, and to know the way to love, to, uh, to love God and to love others. And, and Jesus offers them encouragement that even though trouble may come, he says we are in this together. And though trouble may come, he offers us peace. And though trouble may come, he gives us joy beyond our circumstances. That trouble may come that we might be separated, but we will still bear fruit. And so trouble may come, but we are in this together. He tells us over and over again, I've told you this so that you won't fall away. I've told you this so that you may take courage. I've told you this so that you know how much you matter to me. Jesus is trying to draw us in. And so Jesus says that if we abide in him, we will bear much fruit. And so I want to outline this morning's text by thinking about the fruit of the Spirit. And that Jesus begins actually sort of creating a framework for understanding the fruit of, our, uh, of the Spirit in our lives. That by remaining in Christ, by not falling away, we can bear this fruit. We can bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I see some of these things coming off the pages in John 15 and 16. That when we remain in Christ, we will bear the fruit of love. That the more we draw near to Christ, the more we will love God and love our neighbors. The more we will love our church family and care for each other. That to remain in Christ is not to, not to bring focus on ourselves, but to center our focus on Christ and his will. And his will for us is to love one another. 
we know that uh, by remaining in Christ, we will have the joy of Christ. That we have a joy that, that despite the circumstances and difficulties that we will face, Jesus gives us a joy that is not, uh, it does not ride on circumstances. There was um, a kind of a, a difficult thing that happened in the life of John Ortberg, a, a man that I deeply admire. And in his last sermon that he preached last week to uh, his church family that he's ministered to for several years, he shared the story of uh, speaking with Dallas Willard, a spiritual formation uh, guru, I guess is the word for it. And John was having a difficult time, and he called Dallas, and he said, uh, and Dallas asked him how he was doing. And John replied to him, and he said, well, under the circumstances, I'm doing pretty well. And Dallas's reply was, well, what are you doing under there? What are you doing under the circumstances? He was reminding John, and I think he reminds all of us the sort of words of Christ and reminding us that the joy we have in Jesus is not because of the circumstances all being right. The joy we have in Jesus is even though the circumstances might not have anything right at all, our circumstances and who Christ is and what he's done for us have not changed. We still have this identity as friends and family in Jesus Christ. We know that we have a place in him. So the circumstances of the world might change and 2020 might bring more changes in our lives. But all of those circumstances might change. But who we are in Christ and the joy that he gives us the joy that we have in him hasn't changed. We look at patience then. And patience we, we think about as like, you know, uh, patiently raising up our kids and not yelling at them. And maybe that's patience. But uh, the biblical idea of patience is long-suffering. This willingness to endure suffering. And what, what Jesus says is that we are the vine and the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But he also says that he's going to go about and pruning us. He says, he cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, and while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. I don't know about you, but I have not enjoyed the pruning of God. But it's in the pruning where we learn to dig deeper into our relationship with God. When we face difficulty and suffering, God uses our suffering to draw, draw us closer to Him. When there is no hope, when there is no, uh, no sense of how to get out of this, we finally turn to God. He sort of weans the control of the world out of us and He draws us closer to Him. And so I have this challenging word uh, that's for me and for you, and that is that if we haven't learned within the midst of all of this to draw closer to God, what's it going to take? You know, at a certain point for me, it's, it seems like I've, I, I've had enough God, and I, I, I know, and I want to draw back to you. But he still keeps pruning and keeps working on my heart, keeps changing me. 
helping me to be more compassionate and kind, helping me to turn my focus and attention off of myself and towards others. And so as I think about patience, as I think about long-suffering, we know that Jesus is in the business of correcting and rebuking and challenging. He's drawing us closer to him, and I just ask that you would be drawn closer to God, that you would go to him in his word, that you would pray, that you would um, spend time with him in prayer and discernment. There is peace for us. There's peace for every believer to know that a deep sense within ourselves that everything will be all right. That though there is trouble in the world, we are certain that Jesus is Lord, that he is Savior, and that he is our King. So we know that as servants of God that we are redeemed children and we are blessed citizens in the kingdom of Jesus. Those things don't change in 2020. Those things don't change in any day, in any hour, of any week, of any moment. That no matter how difficult the world is, there is still peace in Christ because He is Savior, He is King, He is Lord over all. We are still his children. We are still citizens. We are still the servants of Christ. We are still his family and we have life in him. This peace sustains us. And we reflect on kindness and goodness. Jesus will share that the Spirit will come to convict us on judgment, on righteousness, that we would find our ways in this world by being kind and good. We know that the world might hate us. We know that uh, there is, and in, in, in more recent memory, a target and watchful eye on us to see how we are going to respond to our circumstances, how we are going to respond in this world. And the question is, will we respond with loving our enemies? Will we be praying for those who persecute us? Doing, nothing, uh, doing what is good and kind in this world. We are able to be kind and good because we know what we have in Jesus Christ. We do not fear for our lives and we do not shrink away in our society of fear and faithlessness. Rather, we step forward courageously bearing this good fruit because we are a part of the vine in Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't shrink away from doing what is good and righteous, and so we don't shrink away from doing what is good and kind either. The fruit of a life in Jesus, the fruit of abiding in him, will also bring about faithfulness. John has written his gospel that we might believe. And there is more of this going on in the text. The, the disciples, they finally start to realize towards the end of John 16, they express believing in Christ. We, and so we stay the course and we persevere. We remain, we abide, we cling to the word of Christ. We pray, we study, we listen. We know that we are God's and we are faithful to him. And gentleness. Gentleness comes from abiding in Christ. We walk lightly in this world. We are gentle. And perhaps that isn't explicitly in our text this morning, but Jesus 
expresses to us his gentleness. That he will lay down his life for his friends. That he will not take up the way of the powerful, but the powerless. He will empty himself out. And people will be blessed because of it. Jesus changes the world by going to the cross. He is redeeming us, and we have new life in Him. And finally, we have self-control. We are in this together. And sometimes when I think about bringing up children, raising them, we consider how we might get our kids out of our house. How do we eventually get rid of them, right? Preparing them to go and get jobs to learn and grow and be well prepared for what is ahead. And there's moments in bringing up my children where I think we haven't really made much progress in it. And then other times I'm assured that yes, they are learning and they are growing and one day they will be prepared to leave and make a family of their own. This is our aim as parents, to one day get rid of our kids. Maybe not that crassly, but uh, the story of our life in Christ is actually different. We are his family and we stay family. And the goal is not that we would be separated from Christ, but that we would draw closer to him. To grow up in Christ is to draw near. The goal is that we would remain in Him. Self-control, we often think of as uh, a way of sort of setting aside our personal desires, showing sort of self-discipline. And self-control as a fruit of the Spirit sounds more like my ability to keep myself from eating too much or watching too much television. And what self-control is, I think, is something much greater than that. And it's not riding on my ability. Rather, it's about the fruit of Christ in me. That self-control becomes the pursuit of God instead of the pursuit of self. For that, I clearly see Jesus' invitation for us in John 15 and 16. That we would have courage and strength to weather the storm and know that Jesus is still Lord. Self-control becomes a fruit of learning what it is to trust in the Lord instead of trusting in self. The culmination of the fruit of the Spirit is a deep trust that God cares deeply for us. Self-control is trusting in God, not the flesh, not the desires of this world, not seeking the desires of the flesh, but the comfort of Christ. Self-control becomes remaining in Christ, trusting in Him. That whatever is going on in the world, my self-control is the decision that I will remain that I will abide, that I will listen, that I will walk with the Lord. 
And so in closing, I just invite you to remember that we are in this together. That we are friends and we are family, that we love one another and we love our Father. And though trouble may come, we have peace. And though trouble may come, we have a joy beyond our circumstances. And though trouble may come, we might feel as though we are separated, but we still have fruit because we are faithful and we abide in relationships and we stay connected. Trouble may come, but we are in this together. Jesus says, I've told you this so that you won't fall away, that you won't give up. I've told you this so that you would take courage. I told you this so that you would know just how much you mattered to me. That's Jesus' heart for his disciples, and it's extended to us this day that we are his and we belong to him. And so don't give up and take heart and remain in the one who overcame. At the end of John 16, in John 16, 33, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so we remain in the one who overcame. He overcame death, He overcame separation, he overcame brokenness, he overcame sin, and he will overcome the world. So we trust. What will it take for us to come back to God? Let us return to him. Abide with him. Abide with him by returning to his word. Return to him in prayer. Return to serving Him and loving one another. As we remain, as we abide, we will bear much fruit. And we can offer the world love, joy, joy that goes beyond any circumstance, peace in a world filled with turmoil, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Is that something that the world needs now? Will you bear this fruit in the world by drawing near to Christ? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for not giving up on us, for being faithful and good. Encourage us now to draw near to you Speak to our hearts, God, and help us to know that we have a life in you. We have hope in you. Minister to our hearts now, God. Help us to abide, to remain, to draw near. That in the midst of difficulty, we would know we can trust you. That we are cared for, uh, cared for by you. Continue to guide and care for our church family. 
And Lord, we wish that more would come and believe and know that they can have life in you. So we pray for those who are seeking. We pray for those who are hurting. We pray that all might come and know you and have life in you. Help us to abide, to remain with you, and to know that when we do that, we also remain with each other and encourage one another and lift one another up. Lord, continue to prune our hearts and our lives that we would bear a good and beautiful fruit for your glory and your honor. It's in Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite you to sing one more song. A song song for those who trust and know that in Christ, he overcame the world. That Christ was crucified and resurrected. That though sin seemed to have won, Jesus overcame. Though death seemed greater, Jesus' life is greater. Whatever we face as the family of God, we can know that we belong to the one who overcame the world. There is peace for you today. Would you continue with us in our worship?
Thank you for joining us. We are so grateful uh, that you are a part of this worship. We look forward to our time being together here in a couple of weeks. Please remember to uh, reach out if you have any questions, concerns. We want to be a part of your life, and, and whatever's going on, we want uh, to be able to connect and serve and encourage. Thank you for being with us, and may God bless you and keep you and shine his face upon you.